This morning we begin a new sermon series called Breakthrough, looking at the book of Joshua and his life and his service to God. As you begin 2018, maybe you feel like you're facing an impossible situation. Your heart's been broken through a broken relationship or the death of a loved one. Maybe you find yourself in an impossible work situation, battling a sickness, a disease, waiting on a diagnosis. Maybe you find yourself in a dark place, battling temptation, even an addiction. You need a breakthrough. You're waiting for God to make something happen in your life. But breakthrough is not about sitting around and waiting for something to happen. Instead, breakthrough is about God waiting on us to respond to his promises, to respond to his commands, to be obedient to doing what he has said in his word. I read the story of an eight-year-old boy on a ski trip with his family. He got separated and wandered off on a trail into the woods, into the wilderness. A huge search team was put together as the temperatures began to plummet. All through the night they searched. By dawn they had still not found him. They had two helicopters come in and help with the search. And within 15 minutes, they spotted ski tracks going off the trail, just little ski tracks. A ground team followed the tracks that changed into small footprints. And the footprints led to a tree where they found the boy. Sergeant Terry Silbaugh, the area search and rescue coordinator, said the little boy is in great shape. He, in fact, he's better shape than most of us are right now. And explained that the boy did so well, despite these night of freezing elements, because his father had prepared him. His father had warned him and told him that if he ever became lost in the snow, to do certain things. And this little eight-year-old did exactly what his father said. He protected himself from frostbite and hypothermia by snuggling up against a tree and covering himself with branches. Now, an eight-year-old would never think of doing that on their own, but he was simply obeying the, his father, his wise and loving father. And you may find yourself in a wilderness this morning, longing for a breakthrough. And I would tell you that you need to listen to the voice of your father, your heavenly father who has wise counsel for you. You know, this message that I've been thinking about for quite a while speaks to those who find themselves in a wilderness this morning. It also speaks to those who have come out of the wilderness. And if you read closely in Deuteronomy chapter eight, there's a warning with this passage of when God does deliver you through the wilderness. So we'll get into all of that this morning. But the wilderness in the Bible here in Deuteronomy is an actual place. It's a physical place. The Israelites have left Egypt. They're bound for the promised land. They cross the Red Sea in a miraculous crossing where God parts the water. They enter into the Sinai Peninsula, which is a huge, frightening wilderness. Not much food there, very little water. It's a dangerous place. Wild animals and wandering tribes. Now, the initial journey 
to the promised land didn't take that long. From the time they crossed the Red Sea, it would have taken 11 days to make that 250 mile journey, 11 days to the promised land. And they arrive on the Jordan River. If you know the story, God tells Moses to send some spies out to survey the land. And they return, the spies do, and they give a miserable report. I, I, I did a sermon one time where I called those 10 spies that made a miserable report the miserable majority. And uh, you had two spies that said, no, we can do this. We, we can, with God's help, we can go and take this land. Joshua and Caleb. But, but, the, but the children of Israel didn't trust God. They didn't listen to Joshua and Caleb. They voted not to follow God because it was too difficult. And there may be somebody here today that just believes that life is just too difficult. And I'm not sure I can trust God to get me through this time of my life. And because of their disobedience and because of their lack of faith, these Israelites spent the next 40 years in a barren wasteland called the wilderness. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, 15 and 16, it says, Do not forget that he led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with his poisonous snakes and scorpions where it's so hot and dry. He gave you water from the rock. He fed you manna in the wilderness, a food unknown to your ancestors. He did this to humble you. He did this to humble you and to test you for your own good. Now, the scholars estimate that when Moses left Egypt with the children of Israel, there were about 2.4 million people on the journey. Can you imagine being in the wilderness for 40 years with 2.4 million grumblers and complainers? You talk about needing a sabbatical <laughs> after that. Gracious. And you know, when they got through the wilderness 40 years later, and they were ready to cross into the uh, promised land, there were only two of them left. They were over the age of 19. All the rest had died in the wilderness as they traveled for 40 years. Only two over the age of 19, Joshua and Caleb. A verse that has guided my life from very early in ministry, Hebrews 11:6. without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. We cannot please God without faith. Their failure to have faith kept them from experiencing God's best. And that truth has never changed. Today, if we do not put our faith in God and trust him in the wilderness, trust him in the journey, we can never please God. It's been said that these Israelites were free from Pharaoh, but full of fear. Saved, but stuck. Maybe today you're saved, but stuck. Stuck in the wilderness. Stuck in a place because you're struggling to trust God can see you through. Fear leads to failure. Faith leads to breakthrough. Now, there's a physical wilderness in the Bible, but also this morning in this place, there's a personal wilderness. A place when our souls become dry, when our souls become parched, when life is hard and the future doesn't look good. As far as you can see, there is a wasteland and you wonder if there's a way out. Things seem impossible. 
And often when we're in the wilderness, the personal wilderness, we feel all alone. We begin to doubt that is God really with me? Can I really trust his voice? The personal wilderness is a place of pain, a place of loneliness, but also, I want you to hear this, a place of great opportunity where God can teach us some of life's most important lessons. For the wilderness in the Bible, a physical place, a personal place, has always been a proving ground. It's always been a place of preparation. It's a place where God gets us ready for what is next in our life, the next step in our life. Oftentimes we try to avoid the wilderness, don't we? Don't want to go there. Don't want to go in the wilderness. Lord, provide some other way. In fact, it was Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that said, Father, if there's any other way for this cup to pass, I would rather not go there. And we've all prayed that prayer. But sometimes it's in the wilderness that God leads us to change us. And have we all tried to keep those we love from the wilderness? And sometimes it's the wilderness is exactly what they need. But we try to keep them out of the wilderness. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want you, I don't want you to be hurt. I don't want you to struggle. I don't want you to have trials. But it is through the trials and the struggles of the wilderness that God shapes them to become the men and the women, the young people that he's calling them to be. It's exactly where they need to be. And, and, and let's be clear today. There will be times whenever we will be led into the wilderness. We'll be led there. The wilderness is found over 300 times in Scripture. Abraham was led into the wilderness. Moses was led into the wilderness. The Israelites led into the wilderness. David was made stronger in the wilderness. And Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, was led by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, into the wilderness. And God never leads us into the wilderness to destroy us. He intends to make us stronger in the wilderness and to prepare us for his purpose. Now, just as God sometimes leads us into the wilderness, other times we will leave for the wilderness. We will want to go it our way, and we will go into a wilderness of our own volition, our own search for meaning or purpose. We're going to sing a song at the end uh, of this service that, that is a true confession that we are all prone to wander, to leave the God that we love. I think of the story that Jesus told, the most famous story that Jesus told, the story of the prodigal son, the son who decided to leave his father's house, to take his inheritance and go and squander it in a far land, in a wilderness, a place with all kinds of debauchery and, and living that was not at all good for him. He left on his own volition. As you find yourself this morning, whether in the wilderness that God led you into or a wilderness that you have stumbled in yourself, I think we can learn from how Jesus navigated the wilderness. In Matthew chapter 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights, he fasted and became very hungry. As I look at that encounter, and you can find that in Matthew chapter 4, the story of Jesus in the wilderness. There are three things that I think that Jesus experienced in the wilderness that we can learn from. The first is in the wilderness that, that he stayed with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. 
And the Holy Spirit went through the wilderness with them, and the Holy Spirit of God led him out of the wilderness. There was never a moment in the wilderness that God's Spirit was not with Jesus. There was never a moment in the wilderness that the Spirit of God was not with the Israelites. The Spirit of God led them in there, the Spirit of God led them through there, and the Spirit of God led them out of there. And I'm telling you this morning that the Spirit of God will be with you in your wilderness. He will lead you through it. What I, what I do believe is that the devil wants to keep you there. He wants you to stay there. But God wants to lead you through there. Make sure you know who's leading you in the wilderness. Jesus battled the evil one and stayed true to the Spirit of God. And one of the ways he did that was staying true to the Word. He stayed with the Word. If you look at Jesus' experience in the wilderness, every time he was tempted and tested, he quoted Scripture to the evil one. And then he quoted these words from Deuteronomy, uh, chapter 8, verse 3. He said, uh, and this is the reading from chapter 8, Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your people. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. You see, Jesus went hungry for 40 days because he wanted to demonstrate to us that real meaning, real purpose does not come from physical bread that most of us have too much of, but from the living word of God, every word of God. I love what it says there. Because sometimes we just want to pick and choose the words of God we want to hear. But, but, but this word is clear, and Jesus' words are clear, by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I would encourage you as you begin 2018, whether you're navigating your way through a wilderness experience, whether you are coming out of a wilderness experience, as you look at 2018, I would encourage you all to have a reading plan for God's word. A reading plan for God's Word. Work your way through the entire Bible this year. Can we make a commitment to do that? <laughs> I don't know. That's a big commitment. <laughs> read all the way through the Bible? What a challenge that would be, right, for us to read through the Bible. See, that's every word of God. Not just the parts that we like, but every word of God. Now, in order to do that, I have... Uh, 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 shared with two or three other people that I'm doing that this year through a reading plan. And you can get a reading plan. If you don't have a reading plan, uh, go to BibleGateway.com. It's not on the screen. BibleGateway.com. One more time, BibleGateway.com. And you can download a reading plan. It'll send you the scripture every morning for you to read your way through the, new, for the, through the Old Testament. You'll read two or three Old Testament chapters and you'll read two or three New Testament chapters. And by the end of the year, you will have read your way through God's word, every word of God. You know, one of the things that happened just before I left uh, is one of, our, uh, one of our lay people that attend our men's prayer breakfast, and we put a plug in for our men's prayer breakfast. We meet 645 on Friday mornings. Uh, we get together every Friday morning to pray for this weekend, pray for this sermon, pray for this service, pray for you to come, and you came. Um, but anyway, one of the men that came to, comes to that prayer breakfast uh, felt led to begin to text Scripture the word of God to other men. And so while I was gone, the entire time I was gone, every morning, every morning, about 6, 6.30, I would get a text of scripture that now has gone out to over, goes out to over 70 men every morning. Just a reminder that here is the word of God for you today. 
See, we need to be in the word, stay in the word of God. Uh, get, be involved in a, in a devotional reading. Because when we go through the wildernesses of life, we, we will either go through those wildernesses by faith or by feelings. By faith or by feelings. The Israelites failed to encounter the, the promised land because they went through the wilderness and, and, and gave them the promised land and depended on their feelings. And their feelings led them astray. And, and your feelings in the wilderness will lead you astray. It'll make you feel singled out. It'll make you feel hopeless. It'll make you feel confused. It'll make you feel angry because you put your faith in your feelings. But I want to encourage you, you to put your faith in God's word. Put your faith in God's word in 2018. We are called to live by faith in his promises. Promises that save in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for disaster. In, in, in all things, God works for the good for those that love him. So in the wilderness, stay with the Holy Spirit, stay in the word, and then stay focused on his purpose. See, Jesus, all the way through the wilderness, those 40 days, uh, 40 nights in the wilderness, he stayed focused on his purpose. Joshua and Caleb, 40 years in the wilderness, stayed focused on the purpose. The purpose is to get into the promised land. Jesus was able to do that in 40 days and 40 nights. It took Joshua and Caleb 40 years. We would prefer the 40 days, but sometimes God gives us 40 years because they were being prepared for what came next. You know, we, 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 a lot of times we, we want God to fix our problems, and we think that God is a problem fixer, but God is not so much a problem fixer as he is a people fixer. He wants to change our lives through our problems Rather than swooping in and making them go away, he uses them to change us through the problems and pains of life. So I would say to you this morning, if you find yourself in the wilderness, don't waste your wilderness. Don't waste it. Allow God to shape you to gain from it what he wants to teach you. And the question is, when you come out of the wilderness, will you be a different person? Will you be the man? Will you be the woman that God is wanting you to become? Don't waste your wilderness. Now, part of this whole encounter of wilderness is this sense of wandering, right? Uh, wandering through the wilderness. You know, that can be a lonely, long, hard experience. Especially, this is what really spoke to me personally in this whole message, especially when we're wandering in the wilderness and it's not our fault. It's not our fault that we're stuck in the wilderness. Joshua and Caleb, it wasn't their fault that they spent 40 years in the wilderness. It was a fault of those other 2.4 million people who voted not to go into the promised land, who were, who were afraid and who were fearful and were not faithful enough. And maybe you're here today and you're in a wilderness and somebody put you there. It wasn't your fault. We live in a world of disease and death and divorce and devastation and destruction and good things happen to innocent people. One of the things that Lynn and I did during our time away is we got to spend time with family uh, along the coast and uh, travel back to Indiana and Kentucky to spend some time with my family. And I talked to my dad uh, about this last night. I said, Dad, I want you to know I'm going to talk about this a little bit in the sermon uh, this morning. I always try to give him a heads up when I'm, when I, when I'm going to talk about my home and my family. And... Um, as I, as I, when I went back to Kentucky and went back home, that's always a hard journey for me because it brings back a lot of bad memories. Uh, it's, it's a wilderness. It was a wilderness place for me. 
It was a place of dysfunction and, 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 and trouble and, and divorce and, and just, just stuff that went on there. And there, there are times when we, when we go back that I really would prefer not to stay where I grew up. I would rather get a motel and just stay there. But Lynn said, no, we got to stay at your dad's house. We're going to stay there. I said, okay, you're right. We need to stay there. So, so that night we're there in, in the room that I had grown up in and as a, as a young boy. And, and my wife asked me this question. She says, how's all this make you feel? Well, I wouldn't have felt nearly as bad if we stayed in the motel, but that's all right. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but, um, but I thought a lot about that question. What does it feel like to go back into a place where you, you know, had bad memories and bad things didn't go well for you there? It, it was amazing. Um, after she asked me that question, uh, my mind started playing back memories when I was seven and nine and 12 and started thinking about some of those things that I went through. And it was amazing how almost immediately the evil one started making me feel guilty for things that happened a long time ago. And as I prayed through that and wrestled with that and even began to feel bad about that, the Lord reminded me that that wasn't your fault. That wasn't your fault. And, and I was there with you and I've, I've brought you through that and that's gone, that's forgiven. You've been healed of that. It was almost like a, a cleansing experience. So the next day I told Lynn, I said, you know, I thought about what you asked and what, I, what I, I think I realize now what this means to me and how I feel about this is that I know that God didn't leave me here. That God didn't leave me here. That God rescued me and God took me out of that and gave me a new place and took me to the promised land. And so when we're somewhere where we don't want to be. It may be that you went through a divorce and you didn't want to go through a divorce. Or you've gone through a disease and you didn't want to go through a disease. And you find yourself in this place of struggle. I think we can learn from Joshua and Caleb a couple things. One is, when you're in that wilderness and it's not your fault, don't complain, don't grumble, and don't become bitter. Joshua and Caleb could have cursed God. We don't deserve this. We believed. But they didn't do that. You see, the wilderness can make us bitter, but God can make us better. And God will take us through the wilderness of life and make us better. And the second thing I would say to you as you find yourself in that place is don't listen to doubters who are doubting God, who are blaming God, who are angry at God. Don't listen to them. Trust God. And then I would say that surely Joshua and Caleb did this in the wilderness for 40 years. They determined to live for holy causes. They just kept serving God. Just kept serving God. As I worked my way through uh, becoming a believer at the age of 14, in the midst of, you know, some trouble and trying times, I just started serving God. Just started serving God, and God just... just moved me through a new, to a new place. And, and I found that so many people, when they go through that wilderness time, if they can begin to just, or if they can continue serving God or start serving God, then God moves them through that time and gives them healing and gives them hope and gives them help. I was talking to a friend of mine in Kentucky and we were there who had lost his wife 
uh, suddenly had just died of a massive heart attack. And uh, he, he was angry, strong believer, but angry. And, and we began to talk about his pastor. He said, I know you're on sabbatical, but I want to talk to you. Okay, I said, okay. He said, uh, you know, my pastor did a great job on my sermon, my wife's sermon, and he was there for me, held my hand. He was amazing. Uh, but you know, he says, you know, I'm disappointed because I've not seen a lot of my pastor since, my, since that funeral, since that service. I'm disappointed. I, you know, I, I really, I'm, I haven't been back to church much because he, he hasn't called me or checked on me. And I said to Tom, I said, Tom, I said, we pastors, we usually do a pretty good job handling a crisis, but sometimes we get busy handling other crises. And I would just ask you to think about doing this. Why don't you give your pastor a call and say, Pastor, I know that you have got a lot on your plate. There's a lot of people going through some tough times and have lost loved ones. And, you know, God's walked with me through this time, and I'd like to help come alongside you and help those people walk through this pain and grief. It was amazing. Just like a light bulb went off in time, a joy came over his says, man, that's exactly what I need to do. I, I, need, to, I need to serve God through this time. I, I need to live for a holy cause and stop grumbling and complaining. I said, you go, Tom. He's called Faye like three times trying to find out how you do a grief uh, share support system and all that. He, he's on fire. And we can find that in the midst of the wilderness. But then let me just say this real quickly. When it's your fault, when you're the prodigal son, when you decide to go your own way and you leave the father's house and you find yourself in the wilderness, how do you get out? Very quickly, seek the Lord first. Turn your face to the Lord. You know, the prodigal son came to his senses and said, I, I need to go back to my father. I need to go back to my father's house. Seek the Lord. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Surrender your past. Let go of your past. Ask God to forgive you, cleanse you, surrender your past. I love what Isaiah says, but forget all that. It's nothing compared to what I'm going to do for you. And then I would say to you, stop fearing your future. Stop fearing your future. God's got a bright future for you on the other side of the wilderness. Now, let me give you one final thing today. A warning from the wilderness. Again, in Isaiah, I mean, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, these real clear words. He did all of this. And you read the chapter, all that God did for the children of Israel, providing manna when they had nothing to eat, providing water when he had nothing to drink. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their feet didn't get blisters. Their shoes didn't wear out. He says, I did all this for you so you could never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. I did it. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished with my life. Look all that I've gained in my life. Verse 18, remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to be successful. In order to fulfill the covenant, he confirmed to your ancestors with an oath. So I would say to you, as you go, come through the, the, the wilderness, and Ronnie sang for us beautifully, the choir sang beautifully, we will remember. Remember what? God, you did it. God, you are the one who brought me through this. God, you are the one who delivered me. Never forget the sole source of your success. Never forget the sole source of your success. It is God. It is God's love. It is God's grace. It is God's mercy. So three things in closing is one, stay humble. Whenever you've come through the other side and, and you're doing well, stay humble. 
Don't become prideful. Don't start patting yourself on the back. Give God all the glory, all the credit. You know, I shared this with our men's prayer breakfast on uh, uh, Friday morning about thinking about all that God's done in this ministry over the last 25 years and how on the corner we started up there and then Christmas Eve, 5,700 people showed up. Truly amazing. I mean, just amazing to think about that. But here's the key is who did that? God did. And, and, and God gets the glory, right? And stay humble. And don't forget that, says the Lord, because you go in and read in the further at the end of the chapter, but be assured of this. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods, worshiping and bowing down to them, you certainly will be destroyed. Just as the Lord destroyed other nations in your path, you also will be destroyed. If you refuse to obey the Lord your God, if you start taking credit for credit you don't deserve, <laughs> you're in jeopardy. I'm in jeopardy. We're in jeopardy. To God be the glory. Great things he have done. So be humble, be thankful. And then I would tell you, on the other side of the wilderness, be faithful. Be faithful. Be obedient to God. As then and I were driving to West Virginia after leaving Kentucky, um, I kept thinking about the question she asked me. How does this make you feel? And again, I, I said, I'm reminded that God rescued me and took me out of that so that he could train me and prepare me to go back into the wilderness and to rescue others. See, God always rescues us so that we can go rescue others. It's never so we can get on the other side of a, of a hard time and go, glad that's over with. It's just like Tom. Tom, you need to go rescue others. You need to go come alongside others who have lost a lo their wife or lost their husband or just go alongside people. Help them navigate that pain of that wilderness. You know, I am so blessed to look back over my life and over our ministry and see that that's exactly what God has done. He's given me a ministry of helping to rescue others. And he wants you to be involved in that ministry as well, to help rescue others. We, we live in a land where people need to be rescued, that people are living in, in a land of darkness and need to hear the light and see the love of God. I love what Lakato says about getting on the other side of the wilderness. That when you find your promised land, no giant will stop you, no age will disqualify you, and no problem will defeat you. Amen? And amen. Today, as Christians, we have great hope because our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, has navigated the wilderness, and he's made a way for us to follow. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He has come to give you life and life abundant if you'll put your faith in him. No matter how far you've wandered, he can restore you to a right relationship. Let me pray with you. Father God, I thank you that today there is hope. Even though we may find ourselves in a dark place, and maybe it's because of something that we've done, that your grace is sufficient your grace can cleanse and change and move us forward. Father, I thank you for the couple that spoke to me after the service at nine o'clock and how they shared they had just come through a wilderness of pain in their marriage. 
and how it was only by your grace that they were able to navigate that pain. And that on the other side now, they want to help other couples navigate that pain. Father God, I thank you that, that you've reminded us today that when we get to the other side, whether it's tomorrow or next month or in eternity, they will give you all the praise. They will give you all the glory. And that it, we'll remember that it was you that took us through. Lord, we sing a great song from time to time. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I pray, Father God, that today you would, we would allow you to take our hand and walk with us as we seek to follow you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.